Now, we're going to head over to Margaret River and have a chat with Virginia Wilcock, who is the chief winemaker at Vas Felix. Good morning to you, Virginia. Good morning, Simon. So, uh, thank you for getting up uh, early this morning over there, given the two-hour time difference. <laughs> Not a problem. Sunny Sunday. Great. Yeah, good. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, now, you, uh, you've been down in Margaret River for a number of years now, haven't you? Pre- probably 24... 29 years? Of, how many vintages yeah. have you done? Well, yeah, 20, 29 vintages I've done here. So I've yeah, been here nearly 30 years now. And uh, so it's certainly, uh, you know, I've read, you know, you say it's just, it's you wouldn't want to make wine anywhere else. You just love it so much down there. Yeah, I think a bit of that, though, is uh, when you've had 30 years of experience in a wine region, you don't move to another region and think that you can possibly be the same sort of winemaker. <laughs> so you've got to count your experience as something. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that does make sense. So um, Vas Felix has a long history. Um, in fact, it was the first um, vineyard planted. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Well, of the modern era, yeah. you know, there was a, a few vines of the, you know, the old Italian immigrants and the, established in the uh, 40s and 50s, but... Um, yeah, Tom Cullody was the first to come down and go. This is a, you know, this is a real thing. It's apparently a region close to Bordeaux. This is where the greatest possible wine could be made. So he got some cuttings and planted them in '67. Was he a? Did he love Bordeaux himself? Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, he was. I mean, he was a cardiologist. So he was one of those, you know, crazy doctors who uh, did some time in the UK working. And then, of course, travelled into Europe and fell in love with wine. You know, that culture of eating and drinking wine. It's something that, you know, in, in those days in um, in Australia, that wasn't a big part of our culture. So um, I guess it, you know, it was brought in by Tom's generation. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of immigrants, I guess, in, uh, in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we have them a lot to thank them for, don't we? You know, that... Just the, I mean, even now, just the the amount of wine styles that are that are made here and, and available to us is just fantastic. I just can't imagine life without wine in Australia. It just <laughs> it just it just can't be possible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so you uh, you keep us watered fairly well. One hundred and fifty thousand dozen a year you're putting out. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Look, um, I think it's. Uh, you know, we still call ourselves a boutique and we still operate as a boutique winery. Um, and that's, uh, well, I guess that we call ourselves a big boutique, mm. but in, on an Australian scale of, uh, you know, uh, production, we're, we're a nice uh, small size, really. Um, but, of course, you know, you've got your tiny little um, gorgeous uh, hipster wild winemakers who are... <laughs> you know, maybe 50 to 100 dozen a year, and yes, we do look considerably big compared yes. to them. You know, uh, what I love about, um, you know, from, from reading, um, you know, about your approach and, and the team is that, yes, you, you do, it's exactly what you said, you, you really do still see yourselves as a small, um, or you know, a boutique winery, and therefore you're taking care and, and keeping batches separate and really understanding what you've got and, and really heroing, you know, the fruit that, that is coming, you know, each season? Yeah, look, we, um, in in all honesty, in the last uh, sort of 18 months, I suppose, at the winery, I've decided to call all our viticulture and um, winemaking team the, the modern monks of Margaret River. 
because we genuinely believe that we are in an era of Margaret River where every plot of land um, that produces grapes is, um, is, is up to us to be learning about its classification, whether it's a, is it a Grand Cru plot, a Premier Cru plot, is it a, you know, just an average plot that just makes a nice, you know, average table wine for, you know, general consumption. But we are in that journey of finding the greatest plots of uh, vines that you can possibly have in Margaret River. Mm. And because Vasilix does have a beautiful array of vineyards, we've got four different vineyard sections um, right down the Cape. We get this beautiful uh, cross-section of what is possible in Margaret River, where our best Chardonnay plots are and where our best Cabernet plots are. So it's a it's a beautiful journey. Every single plot is fermented separately as if it was its own little Grand Cru plot and then its journey determines it. We don't we don't make that decision. Mm. Um, eventually we will, you know, because and we do have a good idea of what the great plots are. Um, so yeah, that it's a it's a really beautiful time, I think, mm. in our in our era and generation of Margaret River. And so you you feel that your that the best wine is is yet to come, don't you? Like you, you you're sort of chasing. Uh, one of the guys in your team said, you know, um, Virginia's you know, chasing perfection and you know, not 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 happy until you sort of get your feeling that that is the most perfect it can be this year this time around. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's one of those you know the beautiful thing about how we do uh, make some of our top wines. Um, you know, even even our Tom Cullody, which is the you know that that is our the most perfect example of Margaret River, of Cabernet Sauvignon, of Vas Felix. It's history, it's um, geology, it's place, it's time, it's everything because it is a single um, area Cabernet with some Malbec. So that you know, it's derived from the original vine. But even then, within those original plots of Tom. We've got three different row orientations of Cabernet planted in this, you know, in almost like a semicircle. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you actually have to leave a little bit of one plot out in order to get that absolute perfection of palette perfume and structure that has has a you know a, a harmony that is that sings to you that that feels so beautiful when you put it in your mouth mm-hmm. and when you smell it. There can't be disruption. There has to be. Wine should be pleasurable. It should be pleasure to the you know highest level. Mm. So I think it's you know finding every right note in there in the right place is really important to us. Mm. And I guess we've got enough barrels that we can leave a couple out occasionally. That's uh, unreal, isn't it? Like just just to have that this this flexibility, I guess, and the um the ability to do that. Um, and uh, so this 2016 is the Tom Cullody, the, the current vintage just released? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was interested that you, you said that this was maybe one of your most hands-off production um, vintages that you've done of that wine. Yeah, look, in the um, it, one thing about being a um, winemaker, I guess I've been at Felix for 14 years now, and over that journey... Um, we found that the more you understand your plots and you know, know what they're capable of doing by themselves without handling them too much, the better they become and the more representative of the vineyard they become. 
um, because it's not about so much the winemaker's intervention. It's more of a natural expression. Mm. Obviously, we've got to give it a home and a pathway to do its thing, you know, um, and make sure that that's a damn fine one. (laughs) Um, But the hands-off for us is, you know, over the journey, we've learned to believe in the natural yeast and natural fermentation, um, so we don't inoculate any of our um, reds at all. We don't inoculate any of our Chardonnay. There's basically no added yeast uh, going into the majority of our production. Um, and we end up with um, this beautiful natural fermentation, slower fermentation, beautiful access to oxygen during fermentation when we're doing our reds. Mm-hmm. We leave them on skins for quite some time, and what we end up with when they're ready to be pressed off skins, you know, we'll leave them on skins up to 30 days, um, and that's just tasting and letting the journey sort of flow through and make sure the tannins are in a beautiful place when we press them off. Mm-hmm. So if you press them off and the yeast tastes beautiful and the tannins taste beautiful, you put them to barrel, it sits in barrel and there's beautiful light yeast leaves and it just it's ageing. And we're ageing our Cabernet for, you know, anywhere from 16 to 18 months. We are not racking them anymore because the leaves are beautiful and the tannins are beautiful. They just don't need big wax of oxygen, which you, you know, it's either oxygen or get it off dirty leaves or add more oxygen while you would move a red wine during its ageing process. Mm. And we just don't need to. They're in beautiful position. But that really, and it's learning that trust over 18 months that you will get enough oxygen through the barrel and through the ageing process that it'll come out just right around that 16 to 18 month window. So we're just not racking and returning them. Like my cellar cream team have learned to love me for it because <laughs> they actually don't have to work One quite so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Um, hey, so um, as he said at the start that Margaret River was identified and, and seems to be quite a similar climate to um, Bordeaux. What is it about that that maritime climate that just makes these varieties sing? Yeah, look, I'm I'm um, less and less I less and less believe that it's similar to Bordeaux these days because we're so much more Mediterranean. We have much less um, winter rainfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sorry, summer rainfall than Bordeaux does. We have all of our rainfall happens in winter. We get absolutely flogged. Um, and then it dries out over summer. But this maritime influences the magic, and it's about that. And, you know, I mean, we're focusing on Cabernet here because I think it's it, it's one of the more challenging varieties to grow beautifully in region. One of the most common varieties in the world, but where it, to grow it beautifully is very, very difficult. You need that, that very special window where it doesn't ripen too quickly, so it's not too hot and sunny, where the tannins aren't ripe and you get jammy characters really early. Mm. But it's not too cold, so you move out of those really herbaceous, you know, intense high note perfume. You've got to get ripe enough, tail end that, uh, that tannin, so they ripen all the way to the end, but still have just lost that green element, but, it's, but they've also preserved their beautiful bright red fruits. And that's the only way we can do that here in Margaret River. Beautiful sunshine. Technically, if you look on a, you know, on a temperature graph, we should be too warm to right. be growing Cabernet and harvesting it when we do. But it's this beautiful, cool breeze. We've got this mm. massive cold ocean out there. A lot of all of our vineyards are, you know, within 
30 kilometres from the coast absolute maximum because that's how wide the region is. Most of them are within, you know, 5, 10 kilometres. Um, and you've got this beautiful cooling breeze that comes fresh off the ocean in the afternoon. And the afternoon's when the grapes are getting their hottest. Yeah. They've got had the most sun on them. But you get that beautiful cooling afternoon and it just takes that heat load out of the grapes, preserves the fruit, and you're allowed to hang them longer to get those tannins in a beautiful, perfect, silky, fine tannin profile. And it makes Cabernet comfortable and delicious, mm. you know. I think we've, we've forgotten, you know, we used to think about the old big, big nose old boys who used to love their big reds. <laughs> Margaret River is actually producing cabernets that are elegant and fine and have just seamless, long tannins. They're just, they're beautiful wines. And I think that's, well, you know, for me, it's revolutionising the way cabernets should be seen in the world. Yeah, wow. That, you've sold me on the Tom Caletti. Caletti. Um, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a reasonable investment to get into that wine. Um, so obviously, because um, we're looking at 180 a bottle, Yep, um, and one of the true icon wines in in Australia, really. So, um, uh, that if we, if people are loving this this Cabernet story, and and if that's just a little beyond reach, where do you where do you where would you steer them? Um, well, to the Vasilis Cabernet. Yeah. Um, that's our premier Cabernet, and it's made in a very similar area. I mean, obviously, the Tom Cullody at that price, it's because it's so rare mm. and so fine. You know, there's only so many vines that Tom planted, you know. In those days, they were big, fat tractors and it was hard labour, you mm. know. So there was only a small amount planted. That, and we're talking know. 50 years ago, of course, aren't we? So, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 53, I think, he mm. started planting. Um, but the, the Premier Cabernet comes from a very similar area, um, from around our home estate. Um, it's still got a little bit of Malbec blended into it. But that is some of the finest um, ground to grow Cabernet. Another thing about Cabernet is it's got to be on beautiful, well-drained soil. You can't be in a, you know, in a beautiful, fertile valley because the vines will just keep growing. They, they're yeah. like weeds. Yeah, okay. You need to have soil that's quite lean and well-drained. So the vines are quite small. They produce a medium to low volume of fruit that has this beautiful flavour and tannin balance. And that's we get that through so many of our premier plots around um, what we call our sort of Willy Abrup home estate. Mm. And it's just magical, really beautiful Cabernet. And, um, and I, you know, I think we've, we've planted some more Malbec as well, which is, you know, an ancient old variety. All, you're, all of our, our cuttings and the clone that we're using in both of the Tom Cullody and the Cabernet is this old clone that came into Western Australia somewhere in the 1850s. Wow. And it, it took a long time for it to find its way down to Margaret River, thanks to Tom. Hmm. Uh, but it's an ancient old clone. And because we're flocks are free here in Margaret River, touch wood, um, that all of our vines are still on our own roots. Hmm. And I think there's, you know, this ancient old clone on our own roots is unique and beautiful. And I think that's creating another dimension of Margaret River Cabernet um, that, you know, from the older vineyards and certainly the more modern vineyards, now that we know that this clone is the best, um, everyone's using it. So our Cabernet Sauvignon is definitely the next go-to. Yeah. 
Uh, and then we've got Aphilius Cabernet, which, to be honest, you know, a lot of people are drinking wine fresher, younger, vibrant, juicy, you know. If you want to actually intro Cabernet to the most juicy, um, delicious form, Aphilius Cabernet is an easy inroad. Yeah. It's like, oh, I thought Cabernet was, you know, big and heavy and horrible, but no, this is lovely. Then you'll move <laughs> your way up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> That's unreal. That is a really good project. There's, there's the three steps, Yeah. <laughs> Start at the Phileas into the, into the uh, estate and um, and then the Tom Cullity. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we've, we've sort of drifted and concentrated on um, Cabernet, but of course Chardonnay does very well too. And, and you do the Hatesbury, uh, is it Hatesbury? Is that how you pronounce it? That's right. Yeah, Hatesbury Chardonnay. Yep. And um, then we've got a Premier Chardonnay as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, it's... Uh, it, it's so um, frustrating not being able to get over uh, at the moment, but but of course we will. And and uh, to come and visit, you know, the cellar doors there. You've got a great restaurant as well. Um, and uh, Willie Abrup is the, is mm. where that's um, positioned. Um, and you're open eight every day as normal. At the moment, are you getting a lot of visitation? You know, from obviously people from WA coming. You know, from Perth coming down and stuff. Oh look, yeah. I mean, what we've um, we've never seen it so busy over winter down in Margaret River, um, and I think you know because a lot of West Australians, you know, we're close to um, Indonesia, and um, most West Australians travel. So I think Western Australia is a net exporter of tourism, and now that we're all locked in, we're actually finding we're busier than we've ever been down <laughs> there because no one could go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, it's such a beautiful place to come. You know, a lot of people are doing weekend trips um, and there's, you know, restaurants, beaches, forests, caves. It's such a beautiful region to discover. I mean, it's 100 mm. kilometres long and from north to south there's so much variation and so many different things to do. But certainly, um, you know, I'm an eater and drinker mm. and uh, there's the restaurant's down here, phenomenal. In fact, I was at the Vasilis restaurant yesterday um, for my husband's birthday. So it was, uh, it's quite an incredible experience being mm. able to sit out there looking over the vines. And Brendan, our chef, just an absolute legend. Mm. He's, see, he looks at food like you, uh, we look at a glass of wine. A glass of wine looks like a glass of wine. Not that, you know, it's not that exciting. It doesn't have foams and buddy frou-frou bits on top <laughs> so Brendan looks at his food the same way it's not about you know how fancy it looks his food always looks lovely though um, it's all about the layers of flavor within yeah. so you know you might have a simple piece of protein with a you know a, a jus on top but there's 40 ingredients that make that jus so complex and you know layers of flavor so he views it like wine it's it's quite an amazing way because very few chefs think about um, food the way we think about wine. But being a winery restaurant, Brendan's really embraced it. It's phenomenal. That's unreal. It's, and, you know, the great thing is, hope, well, hopefully, and I'm sure it will happen, but they were, they were just about to start flights from Melbourne direct over to, um, to Bunbury, I think, wasn't it? Uh, Was Bustleton. Uh, yeah, Bustleton, yeah. Within the Murga River region, yeah. yeah. So that that'll be unreal once that gets going again. Oh you know? my god, it'll be unreal for us too to be mm. able to go straight to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll welcome you with open arms, and uh, and I'm sure you'll do the same. Um, yeah, Virginia, thank you. Um, 
Unreal. We'll, uh, we must have another chat again because we always, you know, there's plenty to talk about. But I think you've sold us all on um, Margaret River Cabernet. Anyway, that's, that's your uh, job done for Sunday. <laughs> Thanks so much, Simon. It's Good been one. lovely to have a chat. Have, have a great afternoon, hey? Will do. You too. Thanks. See you, Virginia. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Virginia Wilcock.